Quantum Marketing Radio, the marketing podcast for insurance agents and financial professionals. And welcome to another episode of Quantum Marketing Radio. I'm your host, Louis Hillman, joined by the Leverage Marketing Guy, Jeff Thompson. And we have a huge treat for our listeners today. We're joined by Kim O'Brien for uh, the Americans for Annuity Protection Organization. And you'll be speaking here in a few minutes to our producers at our top producer conference. This is really an important time as we look at the DOL legislation and the impact on future sales for our producers. What are you doing right now to advocate on behalf of our agents and bring us up to the latest, you know, and um, updates on what's going on as we try to negotiate this? You bet. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. I'm thrilled. Um, We advocate for consumers. But we believe, if you look at our mission statement on our website, which I'll mention is aapnow.com, you will see that we believe the best way for consumers to understand and get into annuities is through qualified professionals, qualified advisors who understand annuities and really understand the benefits they provide. So with that ancillary reach out through the qualified professionals, um, we feel that this rule is going to really, really harm those folks the most the people that are selling annuities today. Um, There's so much to uh, comply with, there's so much overhead and exposure legally that they are going to really be uh, challenged to stay in the business. And we think, what we say all the time to the folks we meet on the Hill uh, and in the other uh, proponent groups is that this will cause advisors to flee the annuity marketplace, which will harm consumers because they won't have access to those qualified people. And the people, especially with the lower income and middle income, are going to be forced into robo situations or less service because the requirements of the rule make it so that it's not effective or or even profitable for people to sit down and advise those folks. So there's not going to be access, and they're not going to have affordable counsel like they do today. Hmm. Well... um From a marketing perspective, this is kind of uh, obviously an issue for all agents. Um, If this is allowed to move forward, what do you see the ramifications in terms of the ability to market? I think what we will see is a consolidation of professionals. We'll see a consolidation of marketing organizations. We'll see um, shift from annuity product focus to long-term care disability life because it's not impact, those aren't impacted by the rule. Um, we're we're going to see shrinking commissions, mm-hmm. shrinking um, because the only way, one of the main issues is the comp must be reasonable, which the DOL in its wisdom has chosen not to define. Mm. So uh, I carriers, we and we've talked to a lot, you know, they're still figuring it out too, but I think it'll force them into either a levelized commission situation, but commissions will certainly shrink. Can you give us a little bit on the background? Um, The Department of Labor, a federal agency, what is their motivation for, um, you know, legislating within the insurance world? Uh, Well, that's a pretty good question. Um, And I'm not going to contemplate what the DOL's motives are, but I think clearly they want to get into this space. They want, they have the healthcare space. They got banking through Dodd-Frank in 2010 
and now they want the retirement space. The main issue that they're facing, that the industry is facing, is the 401k rollover market is huge. And the 401k providers are losing a lot of money to IRA rollovers, be it annuities or mutual funds or whatever, IRA gold, you know, all any IRA, uh, the, the money is flooding from the 401ks. That really puts the 401k providers in a big bind because they don't have the money pooled money to leverage really good rates and good products. and So I believe that was sort of the in impetus of this, the IRA market becoming so much bigger. And the DOL uh, wanting this piece of the retirement pie, I think felt that there was uh, enough conflict of interest out there that where agents were selling and advisors were selling mutual fund A over mutual fund B because there was a better compensation arrangement. Um, they have not proven that effectively. And that's one of our big, one, one, what will be one of our big battles with them is that they have to do a regulatory impact analysis. That's their duty to Congress. And we don't feel they've done an effective one at all. But if you look, it's a 250-page analysis. They mention annuities twice. And one of, one of the times is variable, and the other is they didn't identify, but the way it was footnoted, it looks like a variable product. So I think their motivation is clearly to take control of the space, and uh, we, they saw in England, you, in the United Kingdom, they went from a no, you know, they banned all commissions as of January 2013 hmm. because of what they believed is conflict of interest with being paid to do something. Um, and, uh, and once they saw that, I think the, the kind of writing was on the wall and they were going to take, you know, take impact. There is a total misconception about commission-based selling and, and how that is, the whole agency system is not understood. They, the, I sat down with DOL and they weren't even aware that the agent is contracted with the carrier. They said that that's their that's contract. Yes, it's an agency contract, right? and they didn't even know that. Wow. So, so a lot of misunderstanding, and and um, I would say hyperbole has gotten into the space. I think there are some products out there that probably might be overpriced. You know, have higher fees that maybe need to be changed. But that's not in our fixed space. We know that. Um, we might see some variables that have fees that are um, that are really affect the ability for the American to, to save. Um, and my, our point is let's take a look at those. <coughs> you know, let's, let's, if we have some problems, let's fix the problem. What they're doing is just whole scale erasing the, the landscape and building a new building on top of it. What have the existing regulators done in, this, in response to this? You know, the life insurance uh, state uh, insurance departments or FINRA, it seems like they've been sort of absent on the national scene or not pushing FINRA, back? Or? FINRA has been uh, vocal about opposing the rule, not the intent or the um, idea of the rule, which is the DOL's idea of the rule is anybody who sells a retirement product should always be selling in the consumer's best interest, which, which is a really feel-good kumbaya uh, uh, approach. Um, but having said that, what they're trying to do and the way in which they're trying to address that issue is totally going to end up being not in the best interest of the consumers. So FINRA has been active, saying the rule has major problems in, in implementation. Uh, Jeff, the NEIC is very disappointing. 
they have been nowhere to be found. They uh, addressed a letter to the DOL, oh, about, I, I'm going off my brain here, but it was about six months ago, saying that they felt the DOL was in their capacity to do this. Really? And, wow. and then said, well, we hope you work with the uh, interested parties to make it workable. That's, so NAIC has That's been a big disappointment. That's the most surprising, actually. I would have thought they would have been the first to say, you know, this is regulatory overreach by a department that's not really authorized to uh, regulate in this area. I think they're so in, up to their eyeballs in healthcare, cyber, all these other PNC uh, insurance with a CFPB uh, over in, on the Fed side. I think they're so immersed in all of that that they're just, you know, put, saying, okay, fine. You know, we've got enough on our plate. So that's my, my opinion. Hmm. I know I can speak from experience. Some of the agents that I work with have years of experience helping their clients get into good annuity products. And several of those agents have said, I am completely remaking my practice because of this ruling. I assume that, you know, from your perspective, we have this exodus potentially of seasoned, professional annuity salespeople, that leaves a void. A huge void for the customer. And if they're changing their practice, and what we'll see is more people going to a fee-based system, that means every time I sit down with my professional advisor, I'm going to have to open up my wallet and pay him or her. And they don't have to do that right now with the annuity professional. All of their premium goes to work for them, and they're not paying any extra for this advice. And I think that's a huge hole that that leaves, especially middle class America, because they don't, a lot of people don't want to pay for that advice. They want their money to go into an annuity and work hard for them. Um, I think there's also a very misunderstanding, and I, I think it's important to know the work we've been doing is understanding the commission system. Uh, because we, you know, a 7% number, and I got asked this question from an insider in the variable industry on our fixed indexed annuities, saying, well, some of these products are so exorbitant commissions. And I said, well, let's talk about that. Let's just take a 7% commission product. Pays 7%, even if the entire cost was borne by the consumer for that commission, which we know it's not because it's really shared amongst the whole pool of product sales, but even if it was, Let's just say it's 1% a year for seven years that that consumer is paying for. You take a variable annuity, 4%, that sounds better, doesn't it? Except variables, have we know, have ongoing fees. 2% assets, you know, ongoing. Forever, into perpetuity. So if that annuity is held for 18 years, that's 36% at 2% a year. 7% mm -hmm. once, you're done. So we, we have really been working hard helping them understand what commissions mean and how and why commissions are paid in the heaped basis. Um, because all the work is done up front and the agent has very little work uh, in terms of how managing that money in a fixed annuity, it's all done at the insurance company. Caps are determined by them, you know, future interest rates are determined by them. So getting that money for the, all the upfront marketing, prospecting and selling work is, is the right way, is the right model for how the sales functions. And what about the, just while we're on commissions, uh, I believe part of the legislation wants to have producers fully disclosing how much they get paid to their clients. 
What is your take on the impact of that piece of this if that goes into effect? I think it's going to be devastating. We always wear our consumer hat at Americans for Annuity Protection. Consumers don't understand what that means. You know, I could tell on my mom, you know, she bought an annuity, and I could tell her, you know, I'm getting 6% or 7% on this. She'd go, well, what does that mean? And it's only a small piece of the pie. It's like when you buy a car and you're saying, okay, the radio, well, radios are mostly free now, but let's say a, <laughs> a piece that, a component that you pay extra for. Maybe the leather seats or okay, the heated leather seats. leather seats. And so it's like saying, okay, this car is going to cost you, you know, 40000 and getting leather seats additionally is going to cost you, you know, 2000 But we don't know where all that other expense is going. And the customer doesn't. And so disclosing this piece without disclosing the, you know, mortality expense, the, you know, overrides, the entire expense um, portfolio is, is meaningless and we think ultimately confusing for the customer. Well, it sounds like from what you've said already that DOL is actually poorly equipped to regulate here because they're so... Uh, unfamiliar with the market to begin with. The fact that they didn't even understand that the agent has a contract with the carrier to represent the carrier goes, you know, flies directly in the face of a fiduciary rule because that's not what their contract says. And the fact that they didn't even understand that is shocking to me. Well, that's an excellent question because, first of all, the DOL doesn't even have an enforcement arm. They're, they're an agency, they don't have an enforcement element inside the DOL, so this is gonna to have to be farmed out, you know, actually the enforcement piece. Mm. And we think FINRA will, will probably step up and, and volunteer, but they're uh, pretty much overextended right now and they're very resource um, poor right now in their audits and, and review. So it is a huge problem um, for, you know, the outcome of this. And to go to your last point, Jeffrey, is that we've got a fiduciary, you know, my good friend Jim Mumford, ex-assistant commissioner, we lost him uh, a while ago. He was on our board and he said, you know, Kim, the law can't serve two masters. Mm -hmm. So this is an agent who's now a fiduciary duty to the customer and an agent duty to the carrier. And they're at odds with each other. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so it's absolutely crazy. There's nothing good about it this rule that I can see, other than the kumbaya feeling of best interest. Right. Well, <laughs> it's, I guess the, the question I might have next is, uh, you know, what can agents do to help uh, stave off this sort of regulatory overreach, in my opinion, um, you know, and get to some, a safe period where, you know, maybe things will uh, settle down. Well, I think we're almost at the end of the road. Um, OMB, which is the Office of Management and Budget, has had the rule since uh, February 28th. And they just held their last meeting, or what they said publicly was their last meeting, last Friday, March 11th. So now it goes back to the DOL. And so we're almost, and then they, then they get to put it in the Federal Register. And, and, but the OMB can send a message of returning the rule. And what that means, and re return is a, is a big word in, on the Hill. When you return a rule, you're saying you didn't do your job, you didn't do your homework. And we think one of the worst failures is the impact, uh, federal, uh, the regulatory impact analysis. Um, and we did a paper, flawed, uh, the flawed uh, analysis. But 
um, they can return the rule. And what that means is then the um, Department of Labor has to go back and fix that analysis. And that would be good because then we get the delay. Um, to go to your direct question is stay engaged. You know, we have a bunch of letters on our website. We're doing something different than most other grassroots. When you go in and you put your address in your zip, um, what we have programmed it to do is it's not talking to your two reps and your senator, or your, yeah, your, um, your one rep and your two senators, sorry, flip that. And, uh, but you're, we also have Obama on the list, Biden on the list, and the four leaders in the House and the Senate, Pelosi, uh, McDonald, Ryan, and uh, Reid. And so everybody's going to hear from that agent advisor mm -hmm. if you go to our website. And we're, we're be being told, uh, this, we know Perez went to the Hill to calm the waters because of all of the letters that have just been dumping. So the more we can dump, the better. Do you have any idea how many letters have been sent? Our, we, we use voter voice. It's really phenomenal. And uh, they tell us we have 16,000 contacts letters sent out. That's fantastic. Yeah. And the other trades are doing a good job. Um, and I say trades because we're not a trade. Um, but they're doing a great job. And I think they've been, you know, I don't know their numbers, but they've been a huge influence too. Um, the difference with our message is that we're coming from it from the consumer perspective. And so agents can send their own letter. But you know in our world, most of the agents are consumers of our products because they believe in them so yep. much. So they are consumers. And then also get their customers to sign or get permission. I got permission for my mom to send a letter. You know, don't have to make them do all the work, but get the permission. And my mom got the emails showing that I had done it for her. Uh, so you don't have to have them actually, you know, plugging in. But get those customers talking because that's what we really need to sway the Dems right now. Because they're a little leery because Obama has come out so publicly supporting this. And then they're in some tough races, as are some Republicans. Um, so they're going to be more cautious about it. But if they hear from their constituents and customers that this is going to cost me more money, have less access to a professional, and not get an annuity. Because 1% of all employer-sponsored 401k plans even offer an annuity. So that's why there's such a huge rollover market, because they can't even get that safety and protection from their 401k plan. So they can only do it through an annuity IRA. So with uh, the messaging that's coming out from the administration on this, that basically, you know, it sounds on the surface at least to be such a beneficial, consumer-oriented proposal, uh, what's your challenge in combating that message when it sounds like, you know, we're taking the bad guy side mm -hmm. uh, of, the, of the debate? Well, it's, it, that's a really excellent question, and they, the department has an unbelievable public relations machine. It's, they, they tried to promulgate this rule back in 2010 mm -hmm. and did an abysmal job. So they, they got it right this time, because I've, I've been trying to um, query, Open um, Books did a query of all the public relations spent through the agencies. This administration has clearly figured out how to sell regulation hmm. to the American public. So it's a huge challenge. But the more, you know, we didn't even get Paul Ryan on our side. Paul Ryan happens to be a, an old personal friend. I knew him when he was a pup state representative. And um, he, we finally got his attention by through bringing four consumers in with two advisors. 
and telling him, you know, there's so much on their plate. They're dealing with EPA here and, you know, everything you read about in the papers of what Congress is dealing with. And for them to get really educated and informed about every aspect is really challenging. But once you get their attention, you know, once you really lay it out quickly and easily, uh, and as I think you've seen, Brian's been quite vocal in the last two weeks or so about his opposition to the rule. Um, and we need Dems on our side, too, because they're going to be the ones that sway it. Um, and it'll, it'll get promulgated. I, as I say to everybody, uh, somebody had a very challenging, very upset with me because we didn't stop it back here. And um, I reminded him that we didn't stop at SEC from promulgating 151A either. I mean, there is a, there's a machine that's going to get, and we, don't, we can't fight it too much because we don't know what the final looks like yet. And once we know, which should be in the next couple of weeks, then we can start you know, sharpening our arrows and putting the tips on it. Um, but, you know, again, if, if we can keep this moving forward past this administration, then, then we think we've, we will have one on a technicality. Um, but the good news that I have to share is we just had a dinner. I didn't personally because I was on another uh, travel mission, but we had um, dinner with the, um, the head of the uh, task force for education, and it, uh, it's called Workforce and Education. And that's a subcommittee under House of Ways and Means. And they really have the appropriation capability for any over the DOL. Mm -hmm. So they're basically the DOL's watchdog, if you will. And, and we are talking with them about withholding funds to enact this rule until they've done their impact analysis correctly. At which time we should be in a new administration, in which case this whole thing probably goes away. I can't see, even if Hillary wins, that she's going to be interested in this fight and, and using any political capital on this, yeah. when so much time has been spent and they still haven't convinced but for the most part, it sounds like the impact could be completely killing industry. Yes. So, and we're coming to the <coughs> end here, and I just wanted to ask: It's clear to me that you believe in advisors being able to put their clients in safe, fixed products. So, because of your passion and believing in our industry, how frustrating is it to see? you know, a group of people trying to make a change that could absolutely kill our industry. Beyond frustrating. I come home from D.C. and just want to rip my hair out. It's just beyond <laughs> frustrating. Mostly because of their ignorance and their, their they float up in this ether world of what, what, what their intent is and they just don't, you know, pull it down and drill it down into our actual marketplace. They don't. That's why we started AAP, um, because we didn't believe they understood. Regulators, not, not just Fed, even state regulators don't understand. And not only just the advisor world, but the just, uh, intermediate distribution world, the IMO world, um, they don't understand it. So. I, it's beyond frustrating, but I have, every speech I've given, I said, I am commit, you have, will have to take me out of the box before I stop fighting, so, or an urn, I haven't decided. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's great to have you as an advocate for the consumer and uh, for our industry, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to be on our podcast today, and I think uh, a lot of agents will be interested in uh, the interview we've had to, 
opportunity to do with you today. So thanks so much Thank for you. being here. Can I ask that they go out to the website, aapnow.com or .org, and uh, think about donating. We could use some funds. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. Are you independent? Be a part of the cutting edge in fixed life and annuity marketing for the independent agent and advisor. Discover the ECA Advantage, where you'll find the marketing systems, training, products, compensation, and expert support you need to take your business to the next level. Sign up for your free ECA agent account to get access to ECA's Knowledge is Power 2016 Keynote Speaker Video Series. For more information, call ECA Marketing today at 800-356-4189 and ask for your marketer or visit ecamarketing.com. Thank you for downloading our podcast. Find out more about the Quantum Marketing System at quantummarketingsystem.com.